0: Support from MarketFoolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully, so you can be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com. fool it's Monday, April twenty third. Welcome to Market Forward. I'm Chris Hill. joining me in studio, senior analyst Taylor Muckerman, and Jason Moser. Happy Monday, gents. Happy Monday. It's it's finally starting to feel nice out there. A little bit. Spring if it weren't for the po- if it weren't for the pollen, I'd say let's have class outside today. But uh, we got a bunch of things to get to. We've got toys. We've got pets. We've got oil. Let's start with the toys. Hasbro's first quarter revenue came in much lower than expected and not unfairly Jason they blamed to- I don't want to say blamed but yeah let's say blamed they blame <laughs> Toys R Us uh, for going out of business and that's that shouldn't be a surprise to anyone who's paying attention to the toy business we saw this in sports apparel when sports authority went under mm-hmm. we knew this was going to happen with Hasbro the the stock was actually up a little bit this morning. I mean, it sort of opened down but then sort of bounced back up. So, you tell me, you know this company better than I do. Like, how how bad was this quarter? Was this a speed bump or was this like, ooh, they might have some problems here?
1: So, I saw this release first thing this morning. and I'll go ahead and read to you what I tweeted out first thing this morning. I said, Hasbro getting pounded this AM makes sense. It may be the leader in the space, but the space itself is in rough shape, with Toys R Us going under, the market is undergoing a shift of epic proportions. That said, it's still a good business. This is not another Mattel in the making. And fast forward to now, I mean, the stock was down like 9% at that point, and now it's about 2% up. Uh, so go figure, right? It was not a good quarter. I mean, by pretty much every measure, I mean, they obviously missed on the expectation side, but when you look at franchise brands and partner brands, all of that was down. I mean, the entertainment licensing division was up 21%, but that's still a very tiny portion of the business. The key to it all, though, Chris, was in the call, and management really, really saved this one in the maintaining of the guidance in the call, that optimistic sort of midterm outlook, and and uh, confirming that they do still see the company bringing in six hundred to seven hundred million in operating cash flow this year. That's what turned things around. Now that means they have to do it, right? It's one thing to say it; it's another thing to do it. And they've got their challenges, but that's what saved it.
0: You mentioned Mattel, and we talked about this on Motley Fool Money last weekend, but I'm still a little surprised at Mattel CEO, Margot Georgiadis. She's been
1: there just
0: over a year. and. Just decided to bail.
1: You know, oh, I would imagine too. She's not someone who is really stuck for cash at this point. I mean, with a Google background, that's and right. Being, she came you know, over to Mattel as, from Google as a CEO. I mean, she's probably financially set to where she can make some of her own decisions. So I have to imagine that Mattel for her became a more stressful job as as the days wore on it was already a company with with a serious culture crisis and that was one of her mandates was going to get in there and fix that but but it's also a company that is facing a lot of the same challenges hasbro is facing in sort of this changing toy market it's just that hasbro has of uh, far more valuable properties and more of those properties, uh, better leadership, better culture. So, really, I mean, Mattel is just bad in every sense of the word. Sounds like she had a great opportunity to sort of uh, go do something else that was a bit more in uh, in line with her interests.
0: Well, and I don't even. I mean, maybe it was stress, but it may have just. Been. Look, we've seen situations where CEOs are brought in for a particular reason, and that reason is this company needs to be sold. And when she got to Mattel, it was clear that her focus was I'm going to try and turn this company around. So it may have been a situation where where the board quietly or not so quietly said, "Hey, look, the exit strategy for our company is to sell to Hasbro, and we just want to get it, or to sell to someone else." And that may have been the impetus for her to leave, for her just saying, "I'm not." That's
2: not why I came here. Yeah, so <laughs> might not have gotten a realistic job preview. Yeah, let, let someone else do that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and I mean, think about it. Too, the more I think about this, because I mean, I think Mattel is Mattel is stuck in, in a real bind here. They need a deal. I just don't think there's any other way out for this company. Uh, the balance sheet is becoming a big problem, and they just don't have that top line growth there. Uh, now, with that said, you have to sort of look at the other side of the coin there and think, okay, well, who wants Mattel and why did they really want it? Because I mean. We were seeing the same thing, like with Leapfrog, not all that long ago. Oh well, it'll just get acquired, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's actually a pretty crappy business. I don't, I don't know why someone would want to acquire it. So, I mean, it's one thing to say, ah, a deal is in the making, but it's another one to sort of sit there and try to add it all up and understand why another company may want it. And to me, like I look at Mattel, and I think, well, man, that'd be a lot of headaches for Hasbro. So, if they do make a deal, and they certainly could that's going to work out in Hasbro's favor because Mattel is going to be a very desperate seller and Hasbro could pretty much just get it for a song would that change depending on the
2: valuation of course would that change your your Idea about Hasbro, like your your stock thesis,
1: if they you know, that way. I, I I would I would actually look at Hasbro with a bit more skepticism yeah. to be quite honest with you, because at least you know they're bringing in a very troubled organization with some less than current assets. Mm-hmm. So I'd be a little bit concerned, honestly, if they did buy Mattel.
0: Let's move on to McDermott International, which is an oil field services company, and the stock is up about fifteen percent this morning after McDermott rejected a takeover bid. I take it, Taylor, you agree this was the right move for them?
2: Well, it's kind of interesting when you look at what's going on with McDermott International because last December they made a bid to acquire Chicago Bridge and Iron, which is in the energy industry, but it's a completely different business lineup than what you see at McDermott. McDermott focusing more on the offshore space entirely, in fact, and then Chicago Bridge and Iron dealing with more of the power plant infrastructure in the United States. So I don't see much overlap there. It's kind of interesting big sell there for investors was that um, McDermott's CEO came into McDermott, turned that company around. He thinks he can do the same thing for underwater projects at Chicago Bridge & Iron. So, as a shareholder, you're wondering, well, do I really want to take on a potential flop in Chicago Bridge & Iron, or do I want to be acquired at a 16% premium by a company that's in the same business that we are, which is Sub C7 uh, offshore business? And um, If they did you know, join forces, they would have a much broader geographic portfolio. So, you look at 90% of McDermott's revenue coming from the Middle East and Asia, and 85% of Subsea's revenue coming from the North Sea, Africa, and the Americas. So I see a much more simplistic tie-up between those two companies than I do with Chicago Bridge & Iron. It's yet to be seen if they're going to bump up the bid price, Subsea 7, that is. But they only have until May 2nd to do so because that's when the vote for McDermott's acquisition of Chicago Bridge and Iron takes place. So, for me personally, when you look at this, the subsea deal is like needs an industry turnaround because offshore oil and gas has really been on the back burner as oil has turned around because it's much more expensive to produce offshore oil. Um, with the Chicago Bridge and Iron deal, you need an industry turnaround and a company turnaround. So, much more complicated there in my mind.
0: So, Chicago Bridge and Iron is not actually in the business of building bridges (laughs) with iron? (laughs) Maybe they were at one point, but no longer. (laughs) Um, uh, Real quick, uh, because Earnings Palooza is really heating up. And tomorrow morning, Caterpillar is mm-hmm. reporting earnings. Caterpillar stock got an yep. upgrade this morning. What is, and by the way, after a rough stretch, this is a stock that has finally sort of turned the corner yeah. over the last year. It's up somewhere in the neighborhood of 45% or mm-hmm. so. What is one thing people should watch? For Caterpillar, because that is in that small group of so-called bellwether stocks.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think the one thing you want to hear out of this company is maybe some thoughts on tariffs or increased trade uh, angst between the U.S. and China, because obviously steel, a very big input cost for Caterpillar, and China, uh, the number no. one demand center for their equipment. So if if there if a tiff. You know, continues to grow between the two countries on the trade side of things. That could be a cause for pause for investors, especially after the stock has doubled over the last two years. Still got a pretty significant load of debt, but uh, this is a cash flow machine, so uh, two different sides of the coin there. Building a bridge, it's not easy. It's <laughs> kind of like getting a mortgage
0: or refinancing your existing home loans. Also, not easy. And when you're making big financial decisions like that, you want to be as confident as you are in your everyday life as confident as you are at work. And Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. And by the way, I just uh, my, I just realized over the weekend, uh, Jason, you and I were talking like what we did over the weekend. One of the things I did over the weekend, a uh, little bit of paperwork, and found out that uh, my uh, interest rate just got bumped up. Oh, Uh-oh. and that's a, you know Dagger. the thing about the interest rate getting bumped up is uh, they never ask you. So yeah, it's just sort of like, hey, of by the way, we did this. It's like one wow, of
1: those variable rates. Eh? That's
0: that's not uh, that's not one of those tenth of a percent type of moves either. Now so. here's
1: a question: Was it like a three in one, or was it like a Seven and a one, where you had just like a lot of time went by, and you just totally forgot.
0: You know what? We'll get into that. Okay. off here, <laughs> um, Rocket Mortgage is simple. It allows you to fully understand all the details, so you can be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgagecom full Equal Housing Lender, licensed in all 50 states and MLS ConsumerAccess.org number thirty thirty. Interesting move uh, in, I guess, broadly the the health and welfare businesses. Henry Shine. Um, is spinning off its animal health business, uh, and it's going to merge with Vets First Choice, which is a provider of services to veterinary practices. And the new combination is going to be an independently publicly traded company called Vets First Corp. Um, Jason, I thought of you immediately when
1: I saw this story. (laughs) Because my house is overrun with animals? Uh, I'm not
0: going to say that. but. Um, but we've talked before about uh, about this about this industry, sort yeah. of the, the pet care industry, and I know it's one that you're you're watching increasingly, and it seems like uh, it seems like kind of a win win here. It seems like this is a good move for Henry Schein, which is basically in the, the dental, like dental dental equipment business, stuff, yeah. dental equipment, and so they sort of focus their business get back to sort of their core competency. But it also seems like this new combined entity could do well on its own.
1: I I think it could. I mean, the companion animal and equine market is such an attractive opportunity for so many reasons. We talk about it all the time. I mean, people will do anything for their pets, and I I mean, I can speak from that uh, to speak to that from experience. And just you know, it's it's a business that is it's not fraught with a bunch of red tape and insurance. Typically, cash business, and and uh, and the the dynamics. The pet ownership statistics just tell us that more and more people are getting pets as time goes on. So, for me, I think you made a good observation. I think this probably, from Shine's perspective, it gives them an opportunity to monetize what's been a pretty good business to this point at a good price, but maybe now it's a little bit out of their wheelhouse when you look at other companies out there like Vet Vets First Choice and IDEX Laboratories and others that we've spoken about. To give a little context on the animal health unit, they brought in about 300 Three and a half billion dollars in sales in 2017 for Henry Schein, so it is a meaningful business, and and so I think uh, for me the story behind all of this is almost as attractive as the actual public company that's going to come from this, because Vet's First Choice was founded in 2010 by Ben Shaw. Ben Shaw is the son of David Shaw. Now, who's David Shaw, you ask? Well, of course, I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you. David Shaw is the guy who happened to be the founder of IDEX Laboratories. And so there is a neat story here just in the connection of people behind this deal and their history in this market. It means that. They are going to have some pretty wicked competition there in the form of IDEX Laboratories, Mars, obviously, as we know, owns a big presence in the space now. Um, MWI Veterinary Supply, which was uh, an acquisition, it was acquired a few years back, and I forget the name of the private entity that bought it out, but MWI was a distributor that I liked a lot. Uh, they're going to all be kind of competing on the same playing field now. I think this opens up an opportunity, though, in a very attractive market opportunity uh, if, if, uh, if it turns out to be a well-run business. And there are indicators that tell us it could be, given the experience with leadership. For
0: a second there, I thought you were going to say there was a relation to Charles Shaw, which is the wine <laughs> at Trader Joe's. Two Buck
1: Chuck. Ah, well, you're you're speaking a little bit beyond my, uh, <laughs> my scope of jurisdiction here. Chris, I'm a beer guy, remember. Uh, before we wrap up,
0: a quick note of uh, congratulations to Prince William and the Duchess of Cambridge hey. on the arrival of their baby boy. Eight pounds, seven ounces. Uh, this is their third kid. This kid's never going to be sitting on the throne. This kid's no. never well, going to be
2: king. Depends on how twisted he is if he grows up, you know? You never, you never know. know. But right now, fifth Crazy in line. Crazy stuff happens. Fifth
0: in line for the throne. <laughs> not that he's going to be hurting for money. Not that it's not going to be a pretty sweet gig. Because I think, you know, the thing about being Prince, uh, you know. Is it was, this for life? Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> nice title to have. It's not <laughs> yeah. like
1: you got to go to school to get it, really. No, you just, exactly. hey, he's it's Prince. Yeah,
0: thanks. You remember sure. the HBO show Honorage? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I. I I remember watching a few episodes of that. Not a lot, just a few episodes. And there's the character uh, Turtle. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the the one thing I remember from that show is Turtle talking about saying to one of the guys like, "Yeah, I'm going to be living like a prince." And one <laughs> of the other guys said, "You mean living like a king?" And Turtle says, "No, no, no. You don't want to be the king. Everybody's Trying to kill the king. That's right. You want to be the prince because the prince just sort of rolls through life, <laughs> and when he meets a woman, he's, he says to her, "Hey, baby, someday I'm going to be king." I remember but that no really. one's trying to kill the prince. Um, let's give the kid a stock. Again, he's going to be fine. He's going to be set. But if he decides to dabble in investing, what's, what is a stock for a newborn baby?
1: <laughs> so, I mean, I was going to go with actually Henry Shine, but I don't want people to make, like, accuse me of making, like, underhanded jabs because they're a dental company and maybe perhaps I'm saying that he needs, you know, dental work or whatever. Obviously, he doesn't even have any teeth yet. Henry Shine could be a good one, in all honesty, but let's let's also perhaps consider how we learned about this child in the first place he's young he's got an appetite for risk so why not pick up a couple of shares of Twitter it seems like they uh, got things going in the right direction yeah, we'll find out more on Wednesday hopefully he picks
2: up a market moving amount and <laughs> yeah. drive that share price up a little yeah. bit um, yeah I like Starbucks for the long-term uh, long-term play here and uh, obvious tea drinkers in, in England um, company that's been in the news lately for something that you don't want to see as an investor but I think that's gonna pass over and it'll be back to business as usual for Starbucks for the next decade or so.
0: Taylor Muckerman, Jason Moser, thanks for being here, guys! Thank you! As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, on The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Week. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening! We'll see you tomorrow!